0: Section thirty of The Red and the Black, Volume Two. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read for you by Chiquito Crasto. The Red and the Black, Volume Two by Stendhal. Translated by Horace B. Samuel. Chapter Sixty A Box at the Bouffe. As the blackest sky foretells the heaviest tempest. Don Juan, Chapter 1, Stanza 76 In the midst of these great transports, Julian felt more surprised than happy. Matilda's abuse proved to him the shrewdness of the Russian tactics. Few words, few deeds. That is my one method of salvation. He picked up Matilda and, without saying a word, put her back on the divan. She was gradually being overcome by tears. In order to keep herself in countenance, she took Madame de Fervaques' letters in her hands and slowly broke the seals. She gave a noticeable nervous movement when she recognized the Maréchal's handwriting. She turned over the pages of these letters without reading them. Most of them were six pages. At least answer me, Matilda said at last in the most supplicatory tone, but without daring to look at Julian. You know how proud I am. It is the misfortune of my position, and of my temperament, too, I confess. Has Madame de Fervaques robbed me of your heart? Has she made the sacrifices to which my fatal love swept me? A dismal silence was all Julian's answer. By what right, he thought, does she ask me to commit an indiscretion unworthy of an honest man? Matilda tried to read the letters. Her eyes were so wet with tears that it was impossible for her to do so. She had been unhappy for a month past, but this haughty soul had been very far from owning its own feelings even to itself. Chance alone had brought about this explosion. For one instant jealousy and love had won a victory over pride. She was sitting on the divan, and very near him. He saw her hair and her alabaster neck. For a moment he forgot all that he owed to himself. He passed his arm around her waist, and clasped her almost to his breast. She slowly turned her head towards him. He was astonished by the extreme anguish in her eyes. There was not a trace of their usual expression. Julian felt his strength desert him. So great was the deadly pain of the courageous feat which he was imposing on himself. Those eyes will soon express nothing but the coldest disdain, said Julian to himself, if I allow myself to be swept away by the happiness of loving her. She, however, kept repeatedly assuring him at this moment, in a hushed voice and in words which she had scarcely the strength to finish of all her remorse for those steps which her inordinate pride had dictated. "I too have pride," said Julian to her in a scarcely articulate voice, while his features portrayed the lowest depths of physical prostration. Matilda turned round sharply towards him, hearing his voice was a happiness which she had given up hoping. At this moment, her only thought of her haughtiness was to curse it. She would have liked to have found out some abnormal and incredible actions in order to prove to him the extent to which she adored him and detested herself. That pride is probably the reason, continued Julian, why you singled me out for a moment. My present courageous and manly firmness is certainly the reason why you respect me. I may entertain love for the Marechal. Matilda shuddered. A strange expression came into her eyes. She was going to hear her sentence pronounced. This shudder did not escape Julian. He felt his courage weaken. Ah, he said to himself, as he listened to the sound of the vain words which his mouth was articulating, as he thought it was some strange sound. If I could only cover those pale cheeks with kisses without your feeling it. I may entertain love for the Marechal, he continued, while his voice became weaker and weaker. But I certainly have no definite proof of her interest in me. Matilda looked at him. He supported that look. He hoped, at any rate, that his expression had not betrayed him. He felt himself bathed in a love that penetrated even into the most secret recesses of his heart. He had never adored her so much. He was almost as mad as Matilda. If she had mustered sufficient self possession and courage to manoeuvre, he would have abandoned all his play acting and fallen at her feet. He had sufficient strength to manage to continue speaking. Ah, Korasov, he exclaimed mentally, why are you not here? How I need a word from you to guide me in my conduct. During this time his voice was saying In default of any other sentiment, gratitude would be sufficient to attach me to the Marechal she has been indulgent to me she has consoled me when i have been despised i cannot put unlimited faith in certain appearances which are no doubt extremely flattering but possibly very fleeting oh my god exclaimed matilda well what guarantee will you give me replied julian with a sharp firm intonation which seemed to abandon for a moment the prudent forms of diplomacy what guarantee, what God will warrant that the position to which you seem inclined to restore me at the present moment will last more than two days? The excess of my love and my unhappiness if you do not love me, she said to him, taking his hands and turning towards him. The spasmodic movement which she had just made had slightly displaced her tippet. Julian caught a view of her charming shoulders. Her slightly dishevelled hair recalled a delicious memory. He was in the point of succumbing. One imprudent word, he said to himself, and I have to start all over again that long series of days which I have passed in despair. Madame de Renal used to find reasons for doing what her heart dictated. This young girl of high society never allows her heart to be moved except when she has proved to herself by sound logic that it ought to be moved. He saw this proof in the twinkling of an eye and in the twinkling of an eye too he regained his courage he took away his hands which matilda was pressing in her own and moved a little away from her with a marked respect human courage could go no further he then busied himself with putting together madame de Fervaques' letters which were spread out on the divan and it was with all the appearance of extreme politeness that he cruelly exploited the psychological moment by adding mademoiselle de la Mole." will allow me to reflect over all this he went rapidly away and left the library she heard him shut all the doors one after the other the monster is not the least bit trouble she said to herself but what am i saying monster he is wise prudent good it is i myself who have committed more wrong than one can imagine this point of view lasted matilda was almost happy to-day for she gave herself up to love unreservedly. One would have said that this soul had never been disturbed by pride. And what pride? She shuddered with horror when a lackey announced Madame Le Fervat into the salon in the evening. The man's voice struck her as sinister. She could not endure the sight of the Marechal and stopped suddenly. Julian, who had left little pride over with his painful victory, had feared to face her, and had not dined at the Hotel de la Mole. His love and his happiness rapidly increased in proportion to the time that elapsed from the moment of the battle. He was blaming himself already. How could I resist her? he said to himself. Suppose she were to go and leave off loving me. One single moment may change that haughty soul, and I must admit that I have treated her awfully in the evening he felt that it was absolutely necessary to put in an appearance at the bouffe in madame de Fervaques' box she had expressly invited him matilda would be bound to know of his presence or his discourteous absence in spite of the clearness of this logic he could not at the beginning of the evening bring himself to plunge into society by speaking he would lose half his happiness ten o'clock struck and it was absolutely necessary to show himself luckily he found the marechal's box packed with women and was relegated to a place near the door where he was completely hidden by the hats this position saved him from looking ridiculous caroline's divine notes of despair in the matrimonio segreto made him burst into tears madame de fervaques saw these tears they represented so great a contrast with the masculine firmness of his usual expression that the soul of the old-fashioned lady saturated as it had been for many years with all the corroding acid of parvenu haughtiness was none the less touched such remnants of a woman's heart as she still possessed impelled her to speak she wanted to enjoy the sound of his voice at this moment have you seen the de la mole ladies she said to him they are in the third tier julien immediately craned out over the theatre leaning politely enough on the front of the box he saw Matilda. Her eyes were shining with tears, and yet it is not their opera day. Thought Julian, how eager she must be. Matilda had prevailed on her mother to come to the booth in spite of the inconveniently high tier of the box, which a lady friend of the family had hastened to offer her. She wanted to see if Julian would pass the evening with the marechal. End of section 30. Read for you by Chiquito Crasto, Birmingham, Alabama.